All right, guys, welcome back to another Conscious Conversation podcast. This is episode number 25. 25. That is the bronze anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Bronze, silver, gold. I have no idea. Is it the bronze anniversary? How does it work with the royalty? If we're going to 100, right? Oh, the Jubilees. Jubilees, yeah. Mm. 50th is a silver Jubilee. Mm. 100 would be gold. So bronze, we're on the bronze jubilee. Bronze, yes. Happy an- bronze anniversary, my friend. Yeah, I was going to say we can't even say anniversary because it wasn't like an entire year. It's just been twenty-five episodes. <laughs> so this is basically episode number twenty-five, and yeah, we just had a ball ache trying to sort this out, right? So a ball ache. It's been a weird day. I've forgotten the microphone. I've forgotten the laptop, and we're basically using Craig's new microphone. We've had to set it up on his MacBook. That wasn't working because obviously Apple products for you, and uh, we've switched over to. Craig's old Windows laptop, which seems to be doing better, but then we had to fiddle around with all the settings. <laughs> Been an interesting day. Right. Uh, what we'll do is we've got literally about 35 minutes of recording and we'll make this into part one and part two. So we'll shoot part two on another day and we'll leave, leave you guys on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Right. So what was the topic we're going to go into today? What was the topic we're going to go into today? I think it was equality and responsibility. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Where equality. Do want, where do you want to start? The definition of equality. What would the definition of equality be? So, equality is, I would say, a fair opportunity. I think I wrote the definition down. You got it? Yeah. Um, it was fair opportunity to make things equal. Being different from having everything the same for everybody, mm. which isn't the, the same as having equal opportunity. You can't make things the same for everybody, but you can offer the correct level of opportunity for everybody. Mm. Yeah. What's your definition? I, I wasn't even really that but I'll just go on to Google and type it in. <laughs> and I think the issue these days is that it's now become so politicized, mm. you know, and now it's different. So equality, according to Google, is the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, opportunities. Opportunities, that's the key term. Mm. Now, in today's culture, it isn't opportunities that people want equality for. It's the outcome, which is what John Peterson has been banging on about for the last two or three years since it became big on YouTube. It's equality of opportunity is perfectly fine. It's saying that if you and I apply for a job, we should still have the same opportunity to apply for that job and they should only judge us based on our competence, which is something um, beyond our race. It's beyond our race, it's beyond our gender, mm-hmm. and it's something that we both can achieve. So de- depending on how much we strive and how, obviously, how competent we are with the job, mm-hmm. I think that is the, the way it should be based on, purely uh, competence and you know, other, other traits like you know, intelligence, smartness, whatever, depending on what job you're applying for, what you know, what thing you're judging someone for, but it should be equality of opportunity. So we should both have the same rights. Me as an Indian person, you as a white uh, British male, should still have the same opportunity to apply for the job. The issue comes when you say now, we want 50% women or 50% men or 50% black Mm. people or 50% white people, you know, that's when we've got an issue because now we're saying that we're not gonna select you because of your competence or your intelligence, we're now going to select you based on your skin colour or just because you might be oppressed. And I think that is a dangerous game to play. And um, yeah, I've just been listening to a lot of Sadhguru videos and, and he was going quite deep into this when he had questions about equality. And a lot of the students, uh, modern day students, were asking him this question and they were talking about women's rights. And he, and he goes, you know, he, he said it in such a nice way, uh, but in such a piercing way. He says, I don't care about what bits you have in your pants. 
Um, because the only time you care about that is when you're going to the toilet or when you are in the, in the bedroom. That's the only two times. So why should I care about what you've got in your pants? I'm judging you based on your competence, your intelligence, and your ability to do this task or, you know, whatever your, if it's a job, then whatever you're trying to apply that job for. But you shouldn't be judging anyone else um, on any other traits apart from those traits. So I do often feel like you only use me for this podcast because I'm white sometimes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. but it's funny, isn't it? it just gives a funny image like a business is setting up and you go, okay, we're all fine, we're going to start off with this project, we're going, but I need a brown guy. Well, we just need a brown guy in here and, and get a, a disabled woman and you know, whatever minorities that we can, or somebody who's um, transgender or whatever, just because equality states so. And it, it, it doesn't make sense, like it's very social justice, mm. bandwagon warrior style, isn't it? It's like, right, we need one, two, three, four, five, and it's all got to be made. I mean, look at what they did with the movies, mm. isn't it? it was, uh, the latest Star Wars films got a lot of flack for that. And there was a scene in the Avengers, did you watch the Avengers in yes. Endgame? Yeah. When there was that moment of all the women all stood there, and it was yeah. so forced. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they were all great heroes, all got good films as well. Yeah, yeah they, Alien and all the women that were heroes. Yes, Scotty Weaver, Alien, Terminator, Sarah Connor, and, you know, things like that where it's organic and a natural part of the character. But in that Avengers movie, when there was just that woman, like, it's in the middle of a battle in the war, why would have all those women lined up? You know, and it's things like that that do it injustice. It make you see the silliness of forcing it to make social justice. Yeah apparent um rather than a natural way and that's how the process of job should go that's how everything else should be it's like right we need i don't know whoever for the role don't base it off men and women i mean it's difficult and race as well because how do you bring these things to the forefront i remember watching i think stranger things series three or two i think it was the third one yeah and nancy the the older sister if that was her name they were she was at work with her fella and he was a photographer and she, you know, an incredible investigator, but none of the guys would take her serious. I can't, what year is it set in? 80s, is it? It's some 80s or 70s. 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s, I think it's towards the 80s. Um, yeah, no one would take her serious. It's like, right, that's when you need an influx or the realisation for people to go, women can do jobs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let them go in there. And it took the calamity of like the war for women to be able to, to work because they could make in the shells and the weapons and the yeah. munitions and whatnot. And then that was when the world went, oh, wow, women... Who knew women could do intelligent and hard labour jobs? Like, obviously we can. I think it's seen what phase of that that we're at, and again, not just with women, but with, with different race and different nationality. Because, I, I mean, I know that through CVs, if somebody has a name like Mohammed uh, Ikram or anything like that, they generally relegate it a bit to the back rather than David Smith or something that's of British ethnicity. And it's still very tribal, and we have to see that that is still very much in the culture but that doesn't, everything generally comes back to this pendulum, doesn't it? doesn't mean we have to go right to the other side and then have an influx to make that one black person, one woman, one Chinese, you know, whatever. Because we're not completing a job correctly there. We have to be aware if there's two people who've got the same job, uh, they've got the very similar CVs, but one's of ethnicity, perhaps that would make more sense, but not that shouldn't, you know, subtract from the ability to have the job or the role filled correctly. Mm. So, yeah, so tying in with the equality thing, I think it's, the issue is that in today's society, well, if you look at the BLM movement, um, I was talking to uh, a colleague of ours, a block, and obviously I'm not going to mention her name, but she was telling me how her company, she's obviously ambassador for a particular company, 
um, and how they told her, we can't have you representing our company because you, obviously because of all the BLM stuff that's been going on, we want more black people to represent it. They blatantly told her and said, it's because you are that stereotypical blonde, blue eyes yoga girl. So we want a, a different person representing the company. And I was like, how, how is this possible? How is it the fact that in today's society, where when we talk about equality and obviously trying to elevate races in that aspect, not just um, uh, genders, but races, that you now decide that, okay, let's ditch all the white people and let's bring up another party of people. You know, it's, I think it's, you're doing the same thing again. You're just gonna oppress one group of people and then you're gonna elevate another group of people and it's just gonna cause more problems. And I think the word she used was tokenism. You're using them as tokens. And it's something that I had a um, sort of a discussion with a yoga teacher uh, based down south. Uh, we were having a conversation on, on Instagram when the BLM movements were going on. And I was like, do you not see what the issue is here? The underlying issue, not just a quick fix or, the, or just like you're, you're talking about the symptoms of the root, uh, the issue. I was like, do you not see the, the underlying problem? If you suddenly say now that you, she was saying that yoga needs to obviously have more, um, more people of color represented in, in, the, uh, in the sort of the brands and stuff. And I was like, all you're going to do is exactly that same thing, tokenism, where you replace one group of people with another group of people. And then another category of people or another group of people will say, well, now you're oppressing us, so what are you going to do with us? Mm -hmm. So you're going to bring them up and you're going to keep going around. So you might be um, starting off with, you know, bringing up the black people and then the Asians will be like, what about us? You'll bring them up. And then you're going to go around to everyone and then everyone, every, every single group is going to be elevated and someone always is, going to, is always going to walk away with the, the short straw. Mm -hmm. So they'll always feel like, you know, we're oppressed now. So where does it end? Where does it start and where does it end? Um, and tying this in with what the underlying issue is with society, it's, become, it's because we've become so masculine dominant. That doesn't mean that men are dominant. I mean, like the, the traits that we have, the masculine energy and the feminine energy that each person has, we become so masculine dominant where now women are encouraged to become more masculine, uh, adopt more masculine traits that are required to, to run society. So we have a very Darwinian approach, which is, which is survival of the fittest. So accumulating as much wealth as possible. And now we're telling women that in order for you to be considered successful or you know considered for you to be um, respected by society, you have to get into those positions. Whereas feminine characteristics like raising a family or you know just even create having kids or having the the sort of thought of having kids and talking to women about it it's almost being put down in the media saying that oh why do you want kids you know why why are women staying home looking after the kids and it's not seen that's not seen as success anymore mm -hmm. creating a family and raising a family is no longer considered a success anymore and that is a very dangerous path to go down because then it's just all about you know grind 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 let's just get out there and do this and that and you just create a society that's masculine dominant yeah yeah it's great man uh, a friend of mine watched there was a, a documentary or something by misguided the cloth company yeah i didn't watch it so i may be off um, course here uh, but my friend told me and he, he's quite a switched on guy and he was saying that the, the images that he was showing were were young uh, black girls i think he said they were black um, and they were very much like, you know, we, we get things done, we're badass bitches, look at all this money we make, whatever it takes, we get the job done. And it's like, does that want to be the attitude that we want? You can see how, and it, it, he actually said that the misguided behind it were quite proud that they were showing that as if it's a positive thing. More so maybe them thinking it's a positive thing. Um, you work hard and well, yeah, for sure. But it's it's that shouldn't be a definition of what you have to do to reach success or to achieve. Because that is, you're right, it's so masculine dominant. And the way the world has been very masculine with masculine leaders definitely need more feminine uh, energy in there 
to balance things out. That doesn't necessarily mean females. It just means people that are a bit more... Um, in touch yeah, with that. Yeah, and, and caring about everyone as opposed to just like, you know, all, it's all about us and nothing else. It's the right person for the job, isn't yeah. it? Because if you did get women coming through and they, because they were masculine, which is probably how it would dilute itself versus yes, yeah. women would go through very strong, empowered women, uh, empowered might not be the right word, but very dominant women, yeah. which is essentially the same thing, possibly a little bit less than the masculine. Um, but it's interesting because we, we talk about toxic masculinity. It's not actually males that are the issue. It's the fact that the society has become very masculine dominant. So it's, it's gone to one extreme as opposed to having the balance between. So the nurture, the care, and also the discipline and the order, you know, order and chaos that John Peterson talks about, it's balancing those two things and we're not doing that. I think that is the biggest issue. It's not the fact that, oh, it's men versus women because we are the same species. How can there be a war? Like, men cannot survive without women. How do you reproduce, uh, you know, a generation of kids? You have to have women. So this whole idea and this whole narrative that's been pushed that women are suppressed and, and this and that, it's just, it's obviously uh, massively entwined with the politics and, and a lot of people are really not looking deep enough. They're looking at the surface layer and saying, yes, when people talk about femininity, it's all, almost immediately talked about as females or women that have been put down. So, you know, it's that lack of understanding or that lack of wanting to get a little deeper into the root cause of it. And I think people like Jordan Peterson, when he comes forward and says, this is what the issue is, because he's, he's successful and he's male, they automatically say, well, you are, you know, you're for the tyrannical patriarchy. And it's like, you know, he's the most, he's the least polarized person I've ever met. And yet he's been pushed in that way. So, yeah. Yeah, it can never end under the microscope, couldn't it? Because they could say, well, you know, we like the work he does. He's very intelligent and he's, he's, he deserves, I think, every, pra every element of praise that he gets. But then we're also within his demographic, mm -hmm. which is like 80% males from early 20s to like late 30s, I think, that they, they go to his things. And he's not that appealing to, to women in a certain way. Um, which is interesting, but... The ideals that he promotes, they're always so balanced and so, so, I remember watching him on, um, he was on a show called Scanland, which is a, a Norwegian talk show, and they were talking about the equality issue with men and women and pay, you know, this one, this was a big thing, was like two years ago or so, and he was, the host was kind of against him a little bit, I mean, he's a really good host as well, but he was sort of not seeing it, so he was, you know, asking questions about it. And then there was a female business lady on their CEO as well. And she was quite against what he was saying about, you know, women um, should be more in, there should be more women in high positions. And when he tells you how it is, it's like, yes, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but what I'm saying is women who go down that path, they have to sacrifice having a family. They have to choose it. I cannot have kids. Well, if they have a husband who's, again, the more masculine energy is programmed to go out and to get things done and to create the security mm. for the feminine energy to nurture and to um, create a stable environment at home, things like that. And that, again, that doesn't mean just in the house, it's whatever that environment entails. And and that's, that's what the energy is saying to do, you know? So it's not so much about that there shouldn't be women in high power jobs, it's they have to sacrifice a lot to do that. Um, and I always thought, I don't particularly want children, but if I ever had, I thought I'd love to be a stay-at-home dad. You know, I have quite a caring and loving and fun energy when I'm around kids. I love spending time with them. Wouldn't be permanently, though. A weekend with my nephews is <laughs> like, my niece and nephew is enough for me, right? Yeah. But that energy, if that opportunity was there and kids were in my life, I would definitely choose that if, if my wife or partner wanted to work. No issues with that. It's, you know, there's so many other variables towards it. It's not just they should, everybody should be in work or 
there should be more black people in this job or white people over there. It's like, what does that person want? How does it actually help the business? Is it just image? Like, mm, is it exactly. we want to show, you know, Tesco did something terrible. They, uh, I think it was the co-op, they increased everybody's pay by a pound, something like that during lockdown for their staff. And co-op from what I hear are quite good people who I know were there, speak really well of them. Um, and Tesco, they, instead of giving them a pay rise or helping them out, they spent like a few hundred million or something like that, or a few million at least, on an advert campaign saying thank you for our staff. Right. So have the image or actually help the people who are yeah, working yeah, for yeah. it like the court did. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, because we want to see that way. And the example you used for the, the, the company yeah. before is the yeah. same thing. It's, do we actually want the quality or are we just showing that we want the quality? Mm. And yeah, it's messy, man. It's real messy. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what, what race you're from, what your gender is. You should have the opportunity to to do the right thing for you. It should be offered to you. It shouldn't be shoehorned in. I just think that that because we don't know how to do these things, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's transgender and have a, a million pronouns, whether it's uh, we need more immigrants to work over here, you know, people for or against. We just seem to go the other way and force it through, and then it will settle down. Yeah, it just seems to be the way for us. I think, and it's it goes back to responsibility. So. In order to have true freedom, you have to, you can't divorce it from responsibility. As soon as you do that, then it's selfish. You know, when people talk about freedom and equality, if you're having, if you want those that kind of world to exist, you have to make sure that the individuals that are living in that culture are not devoid from responsibility. Because without responsibility, there is no sort of society. You know, you have to take responsibility for your own actions, for the actions of you know, what you say and what you do and, and what the kind of stuff you push. But this is, it seems like in the last, I would say, three to four months with all the, the, the COVID-19 stuff going around and then the BLM movements and all that kind of stuff, it just shows you that there is a very um, sort of, a, a very sort of, it's quite scary that there isn't that much responsibility out there. People are not taking responsibility for their actions and, and, and pushing certain things. And, and I've had a couple of sort of, not heated arguments, but couple of discussions with a few people uh, on Instagram when they, they posted a particular thing. I said, did you see the entire narrative? Um, with the, let me give you an example, the um, the video that went viral a few months ago where that rich couple had the guns out and all the media latched onto it and they were like, this is toxic, um, you know, white supremacy is worse. These two rich people are with their guns out, pointing the guns out, the peaceful protesters, when in actual fact, these peaceful protesters broke their a front uh, gate down to get into their yard. So no one saw that. And I said this to this lady that posted it on her Instagram. I said, do you know the full story? And she was like, no, you know, I don't care to that. I was like, and I sent her the full story. And she was like, oh. I said, yeah, this is what the issue is. You're latching onto, people say we're open thinkers and we know that the media makes stuff up. Yeah, you still follow, anytime it follows some of your sort of narrative or whatever you believe in, you automatically post that without thinking, wait a second, let me see the other side of the story or let me see the fuller picture. So it's just supporting your own views and it's just a collective sort of echo chamber where you're just bouncing your same ideas and, and you're not getting uh, the other side of the argument. And I think this is what the issue is. Taking responsibility and also looking at the fuller picture and like we said, go to the root cause of the issue. Don't just say, we'll replace one category with another category because that doesn't solve anything. It's like when you're in um, the school day, the school, the uh, playground days, when you were in school, you know, if you and I get into a fight, we can't just resolve it with another fight. We have to, one of us has to step up and say, look, mate, this has gone too far. Let's sort this shit out. You know, let's not 
go to violence if it doesn't need to go to violence. Let's sort this out properly and let's go to the root cause of what's caused this issue. And most times, the root cause was nothing to do with the whole thing that caused the violence to happen. You know, the root cause was something quite separate to it. And because we didn't discuss it or we heard from other people, well, he's taking the piss out of you and he's calling your mum out. This and all this. You remember it when you were kids. In order to push someone to get into a fight, you tell them all this kind of stuff that the other person or the opponent has said. And then you almost create the environment there for them to get in a fight for. And yeah, yeah, man. I remember an exact situation, I'm laughing as you're saying it, an exact situation that in school. Two lads, both lovely guys, mm. both were good friends as well to a point, and whatever happened, literally hearsay, and pushing them to go and have a fight happened. And it was, I remember watching it as well, I was like, this is ugly, man. Like, knowing at the time, I was like, these are made, I couldn't, I didn't understand, mm. to be honest. It was like, why have, why have people done this? Uh, like, kids, why have we done this? Um, and at the end of the fight, and it was a pretty brutal fight, they shook hands, one of the lads shook his hand, and the other guy shook his hand, and, right. he, and he walked off, and it was like, heartbreaking, stuff like that. And he's like, had to do that, because other people are just ignorant, bloodthirsty, they want power, they want to see a fight, whatever it is, they've got power groups within social structure, mm. friends. This is what we're doing when we're kids. Do people not think that power's beyond our awareness, not even our awareness, power's beyond our small version of a social structure and not doing that. People who are running countries, people who've got money, people who, yes. who are using fossil fuels, people who are selling uh, animals as fur, people who are you know, clothing items, people who are massive industry. Do you not think that they're doing that to us all the time? What do you think advertisement is? What do you think uh, social media and these adverts that are popping up? That's, that's it. That's exactly it. Look what this person's doing. Oh yeah, that's cool. I'll do that. Like, why? Like, they, it might actually be cool, but just let that soak in first and see see if it is. If that's the thing you want, or that's the view that you have, because there is no thought there, and it will. We'll just all walk off a cliff. We're following something, the Pied Piper. That we're all going to fall off the cliff because we don't free think. And that example you said is a great example. I think Black Lives Matter is also a really good example. Um, you know, whether people call certain things conspiracies or not conspiracy being a word for something that isn't uh, necessarily true or it's a wacky idea but you have to venture into that realm to actually find the truth and they see it conspiracy was coined by the cia yes, to, yeah. to throw that sort of trail for yeah, yeah. anyone who's listening to joe rogan will have a, a clue about that stuff but when you see or hear the word conspiracy if you pay it off straight away like ah it's conspiracy then you've got an issue with your own level of intelligence mm-hmm. because you're not willing to hear the opposite side I remember talking to uh, a girl, a friend um, of a friend, really intelligent woman. She was from, it wasn't Israel, but she was around that neck of the woods in the east and she'd moved to Canada and she was smart. Like she did a lot of psychology, she studied psychology reforms. And we were chatting and 9-11 come up and she said, you know, there's people in America who believe that the American government did it. Um, and I was like, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm one of them and I've researched thoroughly and I'll talk to people about it. I'm not attached to an idea if this is true or isn't. But when you know that the Vietnam War was a setup, when you know Iraq War, Iraq War, these weapons of mass destruction. Okay, well, a million people protest anyway, over a million. They're ignored. They go to war. They kill loads. Oh, it turns out there wasn't any weapons of mass destruction. Let's forget about the whole situation. Like you think that's the first time that's happened? You think that's the only time government will push us somewhere on a narrative? Like no, it's happening now. It's happening now. The events that are occurring around us. Like yeah. look at the truth. Don't be afraid of conspiracy or diving into them. If you want to be a straight shooter, you will look at not just both sides, but the whole oh, circle, yeah. all around it. Listen to that group, listen to this group. 
That's what equality is. That's listening to everybody and defining and having your own definition of it. Listen to the people who are strong about that and listen to the people who are a bit flimsy about that. Listen to the people who are figuring it out. Then make your own decision. So timing with what you just said, if we're going by what the government is doing and what, politi what politics um, are doing as well, or politicians are doing, we've got to a stage when it comes to equality that we've, we, we can't seem to differentiate someone's differences from discrimination. We've somehow merged those together. So if I'm brown and you've seen me and you say, where are you from? You know, I, I say it to a few of my students when I see them in class, I'm like, you have a funky accent, you know, where's it from? Um, and it's not done out of malice saying, what the hell are you doing here? It's done out of actual curiosity, you know? And immediately these days, especially during that BLM movement, it was almost, uh, the amount of posts I saw people saying, uh, you know, when I was young, this is what happened to me, but you've got to look at the context. You're a child, yes, kids can be very nasty creatures, but usually the nastiness isn't coming from like an actual race, you know, racial position. It's coming from the fact that kids are just being kids, which is being nasty and not having any attachment towards political ideologies. So, you know, I remember when I was a kid, um, I remember actually accidentally being a bully or being called a bully because all I did was I asked this one kid that, you know, you knew, um, and I'd, it was a, a Sikh kid. And I've never seen a Sikh kid, which is funny because I'm Indian. And he had his little... Um, Headgear, I forgot what it's called. Turbans? No, not the turban, the other one, the, the smaller one. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know what it's called, it's really bad because I'm Indian. <laughs> really bad. But he had it on, but I couldn't tell whether it was a girl or a boy. So we called him boy girl. And obviously, that's a really bad term. If you look at the actual, if I said that now to someone, you look like a boy girl. It's quite bad. Um, it's insulting. But back then, it, was, it wasn't done out of any sort of like, you know, um, malicious intent. Mm. Not calling him out because I, I feel as though. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm a very uh, nasty person. It's because I didn't know what was going on. So I just thought, I'll just, wherever he is or wherever she is, I'll just call it out. It was a Sikh boy, but because he had long hair and he had tied up. He, to be fair, he looked very much feminine as well. So it's quite difficult to distinguish him. But yeah, and, and I think, I look back and I think, you know, that kind of situation, and, and I'm not trying to defend myself. And obviously, I, sh I probably should have been a bit more clued up and I should have asked my parents, like, you know, it's this kid. And You're I a kid though, right? That's well, the whole of what we're learning. Well, this is what I mean. So being a child and then reading these posts that people were posting, uh, and I'm not saying all of them were, you know, the kids that were picking on them were actually picking on them. You know, some of them might have been, but in many cases I read it and I don't see the malicious intent. I don't see a child saying, mom, why is that person looking different? It's, they're asking it out of genuine curiosity thinking, Oh, she looks different, but they don't have to express themselves in that polite way. Because what do we do as we grow, these kids grow up? We condition them to be, you need to say please, you need to say thank you. So as you grow up, you do develop those qualities to become more polite. Um, but then as a child, you don't have that when you're quite young. So I was reading this one post and uh, the way I interpreted it was this kid was mixed race. And she was like, oh, I've suffered racism throughout my entire life. And then she... Her example, her main example was when I was young, when I was in primary school, and I walked into my new school, um, the kids turned around and said, look, mommy, she looks different. I mean, that's what I mean. Is it bad for someone to say this person looks different? And people are now automatically confusing that with someone being dis uh, discriminatory or racist towards someone. It doesn't mean that. It just no. means someone's asking a genuine question or just making a genuine assumption that this person looks different. Yes, they look different because the majority of your class were white. So you have someone who's mixed race coming in, yes, they look different. 
And for me, there is no actual discrimination there or negative discrimination. It's discrimination in the sense that we discriminate everything. Like we discriminate what kind of people we're attracted to, what kind of social group we're attracted to, you know, the type of stuff we watch. We're individuals, so we have discrimination as a natural thing. When you take something that's a natural human element, not even human, well, it's a natural um, life element. Like all creatures discriminate when creatures are looking for, like animals are looking for a mate, they discriminate who they're going to select as a partner. So every single thing in life discriminates. And then as soon as we make discrimination a, a tool for political ideologies, then we've got a huge problem. Because every time I say, well, I'm discriminating this from that, you automatically assume, well, he's judging in a negative way. It doesn't mean that. You know, everyone discriminates, like I said, when you're attracted to a certain person, but you're not attracted to someone else. What do you think that is? Well, that's just attraction. Well, that's attraction in the sense of discrimination. The opposite of attraction's repulsion. It's, it's repelling. Yeah. It's dualistic. Exactly, and that's discrimination, and you have that. If we didn't have discrimination, we'd be dead. If you couldn't tell there's a cliff there, and if I walk off, I'm going to die from something that looks like a cliff, but there's a ditch there, and it's not going to kill me, that's discrimination. Mm. So the fact that we now have created this discrimination versus dif- uh, differences and merged them together is a very dangerous path. Now, anyone who points out differences in someone, you can't even point differences out now. Mm. Like if you say, if I say to you, I'm Indian, and you, you question me and you start asking me questions, I can immediately pull the race card these days and I can get you done for it. So how dumb is that? And yet I want you to see me as Indian. So which one is it? Do you want me to... Do you want? Do I want you to be? Uh, sorry. Do you want me to be saying to you? I want you to treat. I want you to treat me as a normal person, or do you want me to also say that I want you to see me as someone who's also an individual? So which one is it? You know. And I think the path of seeing someone as an individual will also have confusion, which is: is this person actually being racist? So you have to look at it in the sense of what's his body language, how is he perceiving his message, and am I hundred percent sure that he's being racist? And I've worked in uh, security for three years, uh, and I remember we had many football games where someone would shout out, shut up, you, you, you're black, someone, or something. And I always say, when you hear that and you pull him out, you've got to be 100% sure that he's saying it in that way. Because one time um, my colleagues pulled someone out, and it was two mates just having a laugh, you know, and the guy was just saying, shut up, you're black, something. And they were just really good friends. And I was like, well, in that scenario, what do you do? Well, that person is being racist, but they're doing it in a way which is more tongue-in-cheek. And I get it, in a, in a landscape where everyone's quite sensitive about these things, they may have done it not in the right time. Maybe it wasn't yeah, the right you've time. Yeah, you've got to be environmentally aware of things and yeah. where you do like anything. Do you want to encourage that? Because people, it's like when someone calls your, your brother something when you're a kid. You know, you, you, you say that about your brother, but you're not allowed to because mm. he's not your brother. Mm. It's the same sort of thing in that sense of friends is like, I'd be cautious to use that language when you're around other people because if everything's based on that level of responsibility and consciousness, you know, it's like if you throw a bit of, uh, you have an apple and you throw it on the ground and these people around watching, kids watching, they might be like, oh, it's fine to do that litter. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know that apple will biodegrade, yes, yeah. but they might just think it's fine and do it with a kind of coke and it's, you know, it's. I, I completely get what you're saying. I think they have it has to be context sexual, uh, context context sensitive yeah. is the word I'm looking for. To what you're around and, and what you're doing it for. Like I mean, because football's linked to heavy with racism, isn't it? Like when people doing monkey chants and things like that. It's like God, how barbaric are we? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so there are connotations, I think, with things like that. But I definitely get what you're saying. Um, 
Yeah, what you what you were just saying about you can't say things like, oh, he's different, you know. Mm. It's so, it's harmless when you are at that young age and, and there is a difference. That's why it's interesting. That's where you're from, what's your background, what you're into. And you find like us, we've got very similar spiritual beliefs and, and so separate upbringings and lives, but there's such a commonality, which is a beautiful part of the difference of life and a unison at the same time. Well, we can convey that in, in a very sort of organic, polite way. But as children, you're not going to... Yeah, you don't, have the, you don't have the capacity to that, yeah. at that point. You have to learn through the process. Well, what I think is worrying is this stance, and it, as it continues to be fed, and it will, there's things behind this sort of means of talking, it will get fed to eradicate any differences. Mm. Or you look at the East, man, you look at China and um, other places, uh, Thailand, uh, where they're putting our stuff, I say our stuff, <laughs> very British, but they're putting the, the Western way of have these shops, have these brands. KFC, McDonald's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and just like just like what Europe and, and the UK did to America and let's go over there and colonize, colonize and take it away from the natives and because we know how to live, we're civilized, you should do it this way, you know? And um, we'll pay the price for that. It will, it will remove um, the beauty of different tribes, not even different tribes, different ways of living, different cultures. Cultures. Yeah. You look at religion and how that works. There's a film called Silence, it was, I think it's Martin Scorsese, and it was about when Christianity was trying to get into Japan and China, really interesting, um, and how things were viewed there. And then if any of the locals caught these Chinese groups, uh, sorry, these Christian groups, they would kill them or torture them and whatnot. Um, but it's like every group has their own religion or belief or their ways. It's one of the great things about it. Hinduism or India and what Sadhguru talks about is like, it's whatever somebody's got it or fingers, as long as it's not been imposed and destructive, let it be, you know? When there was the extreme Islamic um, movement and they were just a few years back, they were trying to break down any, any sort of uh, temple or idols from statues that weren't based on Islam. And they were, you know, this was an extreme sect, obviously. It's, people in the world know that that's not how Islam is. It's just certain parts like there are some racist uh, football hooliganism in England. It's like, no, it's different. Our way's right. And it's like, it's not right. <laughs> like, and if it is right, you can't push these things on other people. And that's what equality is. Let everybody find their own way. If it's damaging or, or causing harm or problem, we need to say, hey, don't be doing that. Look at this. Or why, why do you think that that's the right way? And try and have the conversation about it. And if we try and make everything the same, equality in the sense of the options there, and it's like, uh, you know, science fiction things, where, especially Star Trek, where they go to other worlds, but they can't interfere, you know, even if they see things going really wrong, it's like, can you offer help to that person? And it's up to them if they take it or not, but you can't push it on people. Um, and that'll be it with equality. Like, does it start when we go, okay, now the whole world dresses like the UK and colonization, and then they have our same shops and why? Because it's feeding the system. It's feeding somebody else's way of life and beliefs and, that just to make everybody see the same, how boring would life be? Yeah, yeah, we're getting to that stage where now, you know, I feel like in the next hundred years, actual physical war doesn't need to happen. All you need to do is spin a tail and let the people kill themselves. Mm. You know, and this BLM movement has just shown that, like we are willing to rip each other apart over this one thing that's happened. And yeah, it was a tragedy that it happened, but look what it's caused. It's caused literal anarchy everywhere and, uh, yeah, I just think we have to, just, again, go back to responsibility and take responsibility for our own actions. Mm -hmm. And if someone calls you out on a particular thing and says, you know what, I think you're being racist, 
talk about it. Just say, look, how are you coming to this conclusion? Don't be heated by it. Let's talk about it. Let me tell you my context. Again, you have your interpretation of what you might have saw, but this is how I portrayed it. And you can't really, it's like when you're in a court of law, you have, you have the right to defend your actions. And, and most times it's definitely um, like misinterpreted by someone else. And, and, and that's what's happening today. Like we really don't want to listen to anyone else's opinions. We just want to select our opinion and that's it. And, and that's what's been driven in, in today's culture. So yeah, what time mm. are we on? You've got your yeah. breathwork class. A few minutes to go. Yeah, so guys, this was a very short podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we only had like 40 minutes or half an hour to do mm. this one. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into a part two. And in part two, we kind of want to cover the topics of equality in the work environment and how it isn't just about, um, you know, when, when someone gets mistreated or um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for when someone gets exploited, um, there's a fine distinction between exploitation and, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for when you involve everyone. In, in one group. Inclusive? Inclu- uh, inclusiveness, yeah. Inclusiveness. And I think we get to a point where if you were working for me and yet the conditions were crap and yet I treated everyone well and equally, regardless of the job, people would be working together. And, and you know, you might complain about certain things, but as long as you know that your manager's got your back and he's thinking of you of a human being and as an equal, mm-hmm. maybe not as equal in the sense that, you know, he's obviously, it's his company or whatever, or he's the manager, but he's seeing you as an equal part of the workforce and you're a big contribution, then most of these issues that we have in the workplace, you realize when we have issues such as the whole, um, what's the exploitation that happens in a lot of places, it's not really down to race or gender. So you might see women getting mistreated in the workplace, but it's not generally down to race. It might be many other factors because, you know, there's something I was listening to, I think it might be February, and it said, a lot of these exploitations that happen that we see in the media, a large portion of them are not based on the person's gender or their race or this and that, but it's pushed in that way. So, you know, men are just equally abused, used and abused in workforces. I've been in a part of that industry where, you know, my colleagues and you know, the way we were treated in like security, the security industry was terrible. 12 hours a day standing on your feet um, and dealing with customers. But then whenever you said to your manager, look, this is what's happened here, they would usually take a side of the customer. So these kind of things, it's exploitation of people, human beings, not exploitation of race or gender, etc. But then we want to pull that immediately and say, well, you've exploited this woman because she's a woman and she's black and this and that. So we need to move away from that. And I think it's getting into, you know, these situations where coppers are pulling black, black guys, but then you don't see the 80% or 90% of what the white guys are being pulled in America. You just hear about the black the black men that are being pulled to the side. Mm. Um, so we have to look at it in that way. So I'm, we want to tie it in with the workplace environment. Also talk about how the whole exploitation is exploited in itself. It's exploited by the media to say, this is what's happening in the world. And people now become angry because of that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's obviously definitely things that need to change and have been getting changed on like, when there was black slavery or when women couldn't work or vote um, you know, other people taking over the world telling them how to do it like atrocious that shouldn't exist and obviously that's got a hell of a lot better there were still remnants of that, that way of thinking and you know like Sasha Baron Cohen um, with his Borat character mm. and Bruno and whatnot and how he'll go to like uh, the deep south in America and who showed them images of gay people and whatnot or just the penis and the guys freak out you know because mm it's almost making fun of them in a sense 
because they haven't had any other education. It's just, it's just been bred that level of this is how you respond and this mm. is how you see things. Now I think when we're fortunate where we are and to have an open mind or good people around you who can illuminate these things and open your mind a bit. I remember, you know, with the, the white privilege thing and I didn't really understand what it was and then listening to people to get a grip of it, it's like, right, what it's really saying is that we've got privileges that we don't see or recognize mm. as white people um, or maybe just certain areas of the West now that other people don't have or other countries don't have and it's recognizing that within ourselves. Um, so yeah, these things that do need work on and we still have to work on it's just let's be very open and not aggressive. Yeah, not aggressive about it. Like you should think this or should be it's like, well, let's really look at does this job really call for that kind of person in here or that woman in there or that gender in there or that colour, whatever it is, like does it really need that or is it because we're trying to save face or we're fighting something that's maybe we're fighting ourselves in a way. Um and the in- inclusive and exclusive thing, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? First look at your own mindset towards that. Why are we inclusive or why are we exclusive? Why do we want to be seen with that person or that brand or allow these many people in there? Or why don't we? Well, there's insecurities and there's something that's not fully accepting of, of life and ourselves and the whole picture across the, the broad. Because that's what it comes down to. If you want to change society and the way the world is, you have to change yourself. And yeah. then the world will change. Your world will change and then that will change the world. Definitely. And I think Simon Sinek has a really good book if you guys want to check it out. It's called um, Leaders Eat Last. Um, it's a really yeah. interesting book that covers this kind of dynamic that happens in work and, and how people are willing to um, stick by you uh, and be loyal to you as long as you treat them properly and not exploit them. Um, but honest. yeah, right guys. Yeah, so this, one. This, will, this will be our shortest one though. I think it's gone up to about 41 minutes. So I don't think it'll be our shortest one, but it'll be one of the shorter ones. And like I said, it'll be a part two. Um, we'll cover that next week. Hopefully everything's sorted out before then. Yeah, we'll get it in. I'll have the mic sorted. Right, guys. So as usual, this is going to be on Spotify, YouTube, um, iTunes, and all the other audio platforms. And the preview will be on Instagram. Um, Crave's got his breathwork class. And yeah. Stay conscious. Done. <laughs>